Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the Gospel reading from St. John, the first sign Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, of water made to be wine. In the name of Jesus, amen. Are you ready for your son to die? When we hear the account of the wedding at Cana, this the first of the signs that Jesus did, there are a lot of things that draw our attention. There's the miracle itself, turning water to wine. There's the amount of wine, 120 to 180 gallons of it, which is a lot for any wedding. This was after they'd drunk up all the other wine. There's also the quality of the wine, that it was better than any of the other wine that they had had. And yet, the story starts with a conversation between Jesus and his mother. And the gist of it is that Jesus asks his mother, Are you ready for me to die? This is what we heard in the Gospel reading. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, up until this point, Jesus had been baptized by John. He had been tempted in the wilderness. He had gathered a few disciples around him. But his public ministry had not yet really begun. There was no Sermon on the Mount yet, no healing of the sick and casting out of demons, no great crowds following him, and no Pharisees and Sadducees plotting to take him down. It seems that it was Mary, his mother, who was the one actually invited to the wedding. And so, perhaps because since by this point Mary was probably a widow, her son Jesus only got an invitation to come along with her. And, well, where the rabbi goes, where the teacher goes, his disciples follow. So no one here, contrary to many of the other contexts in the Gospels, no one here was expecting a miracle. It wasn't a particularly big deal to them that Jesus was there. No one was coming to Jesus to ask him to heal their sick or to do anything miraculous. No one except his mother, who knew who Jesus is. And so, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And this is where the conversation can get a bit tricky to follow. Jesus said to her, Woman, What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, first of all, we can easily get thrown off by the fact that Jesus calls his mother woman. In our modern English context, this sounds like Jesus is, well, in any other context with anyone other than Jesus, we'd say he was mouthing off to his mother. My mom is over there. You can ask her after the service. If she had asked me something one time and I'd said, woman, what does this have to do with me? Well, might be a different man standing before you here today. (laughs) So to us, it sounds like that's what's happening. And yet, well, obviously, Jesus isn't disrespecting his mother. Jesus addresses his mother in this way because this moment is the long-promised fulfillment of the promise that God had given to the serpent in the garden when he told that enemy, and I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. 
he will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. And so Jesus, who is that long-promised offspring of the woman, he asks his mother then if she's ready for this to happen. Is she ready for him to strike the head of the serpent? Is she ready for the serpent to strike his heel? In other words, is she ready for his feet to be nailed to the cross? Is she ready for her son to die? Jesus addresses his mother as woman according to the promises of God, according to the promises that the salvation of the world, the long-promised rescue from the deadly power of the serpent, will now come through him, the offspring of the woman. And that's why he says, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Once Jesus does a miracle, once he does this sign, once he sets out on his path of public ministry, then he is heading straight for the cross. We commonly understand that the length of his public ministry was three years. That means when Jesus does this sign, that clock starts ticking. And after this sign, throughout the Gospel of John, we hear that ticking clock. We hear of the coming hour in which Jesus will be glorified, which means the hour in which he is crucified. Twenty times the hour is spoken of in the Gospel of John after this, until the last time when Jesus, hanging on the cross, reading now from John, saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, and he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and handed over the spirit. And so all of this, all of this hour which is to come, the hour of Jesus' death upon the cross and his own drinking of that wine, all of that is in the question, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And see then, see how it is that Mary responds. She doesn't hold back, as sometimes Jesus' disciples are wont to do, protesting that Jesus shouldn't have to die, that this hour should never come upon him that she shouldn't have to suffer the death of her son. Nor does she tell Jesus in any way what to do. Rather, she responds with the same faith that received the announcement from the archangel Gabriel that she would give birth to the Son of God. She turns to the servants and says to them, do whatever he tells you. She points them to Jesus and waits on his word, directs them to listen to his word that Jesus' word might be what sets in motion that coming hour, that Jesus will speak the words that announce the coming of your salvation. So do you see then how beautifully this all fits together? The first promise of the gospel, the victory of Christ that God spoke in the garden, the first sign that Jesus did of changing the water and the wine, the hour of the cross, the hour of your salvation. It's not just a random thing 
that Jesus' first sign, his first miracle, is turning water into wine. He is the offspring of woman who strikes the head of the serpent, and he does so by allowing his own heel to be struck, that his blood might flow for the cleansing of our souls and for the life of the world. In the garden, God placed Adam and Eve, the first husband and wife, that they might eat of all the trees, the feast which he gave to them. Yet Adam and Eve turned away from the word of the Lord and ignoring the food of life that God had prepared for them in all the trees of the garden, ate instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that first marriage fell into death. But now God comes to a wedding feast, a marriage feast, where the wine has run out, where what the people have provided is gone. And he takes their stone jars that were used for purification and he fills them with the water that is made to be wine. And so this sign that Jesus does directs our eyes to this greater miracle that God is accomplishing your salvation through Christ on the cross and that God will make not merely water to be wine, but make wine to be the blood of Christ. Jesus does step forward now and act. He has something to do with us. He makes water to be wine. He teaches, and he heals, and he goes to the cross. He suffers and is buried and rises from the dead. And what does all this have to do with you? It is all so that you may be baptized in Jesus' purifying blood, that you might eat at this marriage feast of the Lamb, that you who through the tree in the garden were fallen into death might by the tree of the cross be restored to life, that you might receive here at this altar the body and blood of Jesus, the fruit of the cross which God has made to be for you the tree of life, that you might rejoice because the same God who created you and all people has now even more wondrously redeemed you, that he has, as they said at the feast, saved the best wine until now. So come and listen to what Jesus tells you. Listen to his words. Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. The Son of God, the Son of Mary, he was ready to die for you. He did die for you. And he, risen from the dead, gives this feast for you. To him be all the glory, forever and ever. Amen.